The Forum at 8 on AM Live, turning the spotlight on the big issues and the people behind them. Eight minutes past eight. This is the forum at eight here on uh, SFM 104 to 107 347 That's the number to call at uh, AM Live on SAFM or Facebook uh, AM Live uh, on uh, SAFM. Very interesting debate. This, uh, you know, is anything we eat actually what we think it is? Uh, that's the question, one of the many questions that uh, will be asking today. Uh, we're talking, uh, according to reports, large supermarkets in the country have been caught out by the National Consumer Commission for tampering with food labels on expired products. The Consumer Commission has revealed widespread altering, uh, replacement and removal of uh, food labels. They investigated some retailers, including ShopRite, Spa, YouSave and OK Foods, and found cases of uh, misconduct on their part. In some instances, retailers were found to have tempered with food labels on uh, items such as eggs, milk, tea, mints and baby formula. In other cases, labels on fruit juice, olive oil, spices, vinegar, wine, spirits and um, syrup were also tempered with. For uh, food fraud refers to the deliberate substitution of or tempering with food ingredients or food packaging. The practice involves parts of uh, information or entire labels being removed as well as uh, the relabeling of uh, foods with false expiry dates. Wow, there you have it. So we ask, what are we doing to protect our food from fraud? That's the question that we're posing to Tezi Mabuza, who is the Deputy Commissioner of the National Consumer Commission. Good morning to you, Ms. Mabuza. Good morning, Thanks for the opportunity. All right. Uh, we also have uh, Ms. Wendy Nola, who is a consumer journalist and uh, at uh, and the Time uh, Times Media's consumer columnist, uh, joining us on the line as well. Uh, Wendy, good morning to you. Hi, Bongi. Very scary, this, uh, Ms. Mabuza. Really. So let's start at the beginning. You know, the issue of uh, tampering with uh, food labels, the issue of relabeling and not putting the correct. Uh, information that needs to go there. How widespread, how prevalent is it in South Africa? Uh, Bon, you would say that um, the time when we started last year in terms of just monitoring the right of consumers to disclose and information, we actually wanted to scan the market and see whether our suppliers are compliant. And we really find that most of them are really kind of like non-compliant. And then we called all of them after our inspections to say that this is what we had seen in the market. Would you please try and comply? Would you comply? And then in our meeting with them, and subsequent to us now just doing some sporadic checks against with um, our inspections, we realized that some of, especially the bigger chains now, they are trying their best to comply. There would be some instances where in maybe you'd find that one or two items in the aisle might have expired, which is actually some of those margin of errors that maybe when people are doing that, because people would do that manually in removing some of the goods that have expired, that maybe some staff would overlook that. But then for now, we are kind of like moving towards a state where it would be saying there is progress, but we are not yet there. But, uh, uh, Ms. Tezi, really, you know, the issue of complying is very important. Uh, you, you're saying that uh, there are little margins now that you see, but uh, you, you, in, in some instances it, it was a case of fraud because if you're tempering 
with the food labels. You are saying, for instance, there are these ingredients here uh, on this product, whereas they are not. So I buy as a consumer understanding that uh, oh, particular ingredients are not there. So it's a, it's a health risk, really. So what has been the sanction to those who have been found to have been misrepresenting their products or products on the shelves? Uh, After what we have done in terms of our jurisdiction and what the law will allow, um, when we do an inspection, which is more like uh, your um, auditing of what happens in the market, just conducting a research in terms of what is happening and then seeing exactly whether it's happening, then from the inspection we can't really have convictions. And what we would normally do is we would only have convictions once we have actually finalized an investigation, and then we have also served in terms of your, 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 your partner, in terms of the, the, the uh, administrative act. We have to let the person know and give them the, the uh, opportunity to reply to the investigation, and then from there we can either enter into a consent agreement or we can force that through the tribunal before the tribunal can really issue um, your administrative fine. It is a process that by law we have to follow, and sometimes it's very tedious. Mm. The one thing with the law is that when it comes to us as regulators, we have to be above board in terms of processes. And it's a, it's a very long and tedious process, as you say, so the, the law here really is not... Uh, taking the best interest of uh, of the consumers then? Because, uh, again, I'm referring to the issue of health risk. You say to me there are no cashew nuts here because I'm, I'm allergic to cashew nuts, and uh, when I eat those nuts, I then fall ill because because of uh, the misrepresentation by by the producers or by the uh, by the supermarket themselves. Bon, uh, you, you are correct. When actually uh, some of the... Um the tempering is there in terms of the altering and all that and removing is a calculated move to mislead, then that is actually really a, a criminal activity. And then, but then, even if the, the law in terms of the enforcement from us as regulators is stringent in terms of following up all the processes, but then that doesn't take away your right as a consumer in terms of your, your, uh, your liability, because now, when you have um, suffered in terms of injustice, and then you are like allergic and all that, and you can really now um, for sure say that I am ill because of A, B, and C, I have an allergy, like you, you, you're allergically acting and all that, and you can pin down to a food substance. You have a recourse in terms of the Consumer Protection Act, where in both the supplier and the manufacturer are responsible in terms of strict liability. Wendy Nola, let me bring you in here as a consumer journalist and a Times Media's consumer columnist. Really, when you do your investigations, when you write uh, about food and uh, write about consumer rights, uh, what, what do you find? I mean, this is the story that uh, you, you kind of like followed quite closely uh, back in the day. Yeah, over the years... Quite a lot, obviously, 17 years of consumer journalism. I must say I'm in a bit of a disadvantage because I can barely hear what TV is saying. I, I'm, I'm not following at all. It's very, very faint in my ear, so I'm going to do my best. Wow, sorry um, about that. But one particular respect- issue that came out is that uh, the system is, is long and tedious. You know, there, haven't been a, there hasn't been a great deal of uh, convictions for the supermarkets, for instance, who are tempering with the food labels, and uh, it's a process it needs to go through. Yes, yes so, so uh, as a journalist... I think, yeah, I think it's important to bring a bit of food science into this and in that um, there's, 
Well, there are two different kinds of expiry dates. So you've got your best before, which is usually on your, your products that have a very long shelf life. So your flour, the things that sit in your grocery cupboard, custard powders and biscuits and that sort of thing. Um, when those products are beyond their best before date, it doesn't mean that they're the health risk. In most cases, particularly with canned goods, they can almost last forever. It's about a quality, so the taste might change, the mouthfeel might change a little bit. It's not, it's not the case that it's going to make you sick. So, yes, um, and, and certainly tampering with those um, dates, and I've covered many cases of that, where the dates either removed completely, and it's amazing how many of them you can remove just with um, some nail polish remover. I did a story on that once. Um, I wiped just about all the dates off the products in my grocery cupboard just with some nail polish remover So, and because of one retailer we had done that on a batch of, I think, muffin mixes or something um, instead of removing them from sale. Um, uh, and and then even uh, more seriously, tampering with them, in other words, putting false ones on to extend mm. the life of, of those products. Um, and they always say it was a mistake, always some kind of excuse or some rogue um, shop assistant. Well, if you think about it, what, what motivation would a shop assistant have for doing that? It's clearly not something mm, no. they did on their own. Um, there's that. But the, the biggest problem, of course... Uh, all right, we're struggling with that line to Wendy Nola. We'll try and get her back, a consumer journalist. Food fraud, my wife's favorite bread has become so moist and fluffy that it crumbles, shrivels, and distorts into an unmanageable mess when I take it home. It's an unsigned uh, SMS. This uh, at home, 891 We're taking your calls right now, and uh, you have uh, a lot of things in your cupboard. Have you checked? Where did you buy? Did you check when you buy if uh, the date is still right, if the ingredients uh, that you are told are there, are actually there or not? 891 I'm opening the lines right now, and uh, we are available on Twitter at uh, AM Live on SFM. Uh, or Facebook, AM Live uh, on SAFM as well. Uh, but uh, let's come back to you, uh, uh, Ms. Mabuza. Yes, I know you're talking from uh, the, the consumer right, but, uh, you know, it's, it's my right also to, to know what I'm buying. And, yeah. uh, and, and, and what, what is the recourse? What, now that I've discovered over a period of time, obviously because I love this particular product so much that I eat it every day, but, uh, you know, you'll find that, uh, and I buy it from the same shop, yeah. And it's misrepresented. Uh, what's inside there is misrepresented. Over a period of time, then I develop complications or I develop illness or, or whatever, really. I, I don't know what caused it, but when it gets checked with uh, spending a lot of money over a period of time, I find out that this is the product. So what is the recourse? Uh, the, 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 the recourse, actually, in terms of the, the Consumer Protection Act is that the only thing that you can do is that you can go back to the supplier. If maybe, let's say I've bought bread, and then the bread has molded and all that, and then I've eaten the bread, maybe with the mold and all that, and then um, I become sick. What I would normally do is just take the bread and say, this is the mold and all that, and this is um, the bread is bad and all that. And based on that, what the Consumer Protection Act can actually give you, there are three things they can refund or they can replace. When it comes to issues of injury, uh, wherein you want to claim for damages, then that recourse is outside of the Consumer Protection Act because 
that what you can only do is claim that I've eaten the bread and this is the repercussions and uh, then the supplier will be taking responsibility that, yes, I sold the bread. But then the issue of harm now, it goes out, it goes to the courts because now people have to be able to measure the time spent in terms of loss of time at work, uh, the cost of the medical uh, bills and all that, and actually the, your, your harm as a person in terms of the redress that you would want to have. So it's the cost that will be able to do that, not within the Consumer Protection Act. I see. Just the loss of interest in a product, for instance. If, if this was my favorite product, and I consume it uh, almost every day, and uh, because I discover something that I shouldn't, it should that shouldn't have been there, and I lose interest in that product again. Is it uh, under your realm? Um, if you lose interest, the one thing is um, the interest in the product is normally the cost to the brand. Um, for us, actually, as I said, the recourse that normally any other consumer will get. Within the consumer protection thing, uh, consumer protection act has three things. It's either we will uh, replace. If it's a commodity like your your iron and all that, it it it, uh, it will be either refunded or maybe it will be repaired. So those are the three R's that the consumer protection act will give you directly as a consumer. But any other thing above that, it will be within the the the, the, the court system. Wendy Nola, you're back on the line. Do you get a sense that uh, consumers are adequately protected against unscrupulous uh, uh, traders, unscrupulous uh, sh- uh, supermarkets that they willy-nilly tamper with, uh, with labels? Um, I have to say no, just because the problem is so widespread and because the authorities don't have the capacity to be randomly testing all over the place um, to, the, to a significant to, to an extent that would protect us adequately. So really the answer is self-regulation on behalf of, of retailers. Um, and after the big um, mislabeling um, scandal of 2013, end of 2012, 2013, with the, the, the sausages, etc., cetera, mm. uh, where so many of them were found to be mislabeled and um, the infamous one donkey sample, um, there it wasn't so much a case of, of a health issue, but you know, mislabeling had all sorts of religious implications for people and ethical implications for people who thought they were buying one species of meat and, in fact, they were getting another. Um, so after that, the industry was running scared and did a whole lot to um, assure the public and the media that they were getting the, you know, that they were um, forcing their suppliers to supply DNA uh, tests proof that, you know, that, that what they were supplying were what, that, what it was supposed to be. In many cases, they claimed it was just their mincing equipment that they weren't cleaning properly between batches, and so there was contamination. But after that, there was an awful lot of hoo-ha, and yes, we, we, we're um, getting our acts together, etc., and these are, this is how we're protecting the public. But I dare say, three years on, if another round of tests were to be done countrywide, um, I'll be very surprised if we didn't have many cases of mislabeling still coming to light. The question we're asking, what is being done to protect our food from fraud? Let's go to Bukhosi in Kelvin. Bukhosi, good morning. Uh, good morning, sir, and sure. your guests there. Um, my, my question is based on the food labeling. You know, there are certain foods or, and drinks 
that uh, on their labels you'll see uh, uh, things like E, E this, or uh, uh, let me give you an example. E100 to E99 is colors. E200 to E299 preservatives. Uh, and so it goes on. You can even get up to uh, 600 to 699 flavor enhancers. Uh, my question is, uh, how carcinogenic are these uh, uh, additives to foods? Uh, uh, you, you see, I, I'm quite concerned because if you look at uh, the level at which cancer has become uh, uh, so common. It has become almost an epidemic, and uh, one wonders uh, if uh, they have anything to do with, with what uh, appears to be coming uh, uh, epidemic. Uh, 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 that's why I want to know, are they really carcinogenic, or mm. what effect do they have on our, on our bodies uh, or contribute to the nutrition of the food as such? Thank you very much, Bukhosin Kelvin. And uh, we, we don't have a scientist here per se. Uh, we're talking uh, rights uh, in, in the main. Uh, but uh, we'll try and see if uh, our, our, our guests uh, will be able to answer that question. Colette in Kempton Park, good morning. Good morning, Bongi. How sure. are you? I'm all right, thank you. I'm fine. Your question is based on, Bongi, as a consumer, Yes. what do I do in cases where I realize that a particular business person is selling food, but the person himself is not eating the food himself. He goes to another shop to buy food. Example, we have got many spaza shops in our areas which are run by foreign nationals and locals as well. They will call it fish and chips, for example. Mm. They will never eat the food that they produce. They will go to another clean shop to buy. In that regard, what do I do to support such kind of people to so that the law can take its course. Thank you, Colette, in uh, Kempton Park. Uh, Gavin Kane on Twitter saying that uh, what happened to knowledgeable shoppers sniffing, squeezing, and uh, rejecting old food? And uh, I don't know who's dropped on the line here. Wendy, are you still there? No, it's Wendy who has dropped. Tezzy? Oh, I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, Tezzy Mabuza is the Deputy Commissioner of the National Consumer Commission. Go ahead. Yes, um, the question that was raised by uh, Bukhosi in terms of uh, the the labeling and all that Mm. is that when you look at the Consumer Protection Act, the act is a law of general application. The standards that we get in terms of labeling, they are within, they are the, the department that's responsible for that is the Department of Health. We had an engagement with them in terms of now breaking down or finding a way in this financial year, wherein we can break down some of the labels that we are seeing through that because for most of us, even uh, with our level of literacy, you would find that when you look at the label itself, there are certain things that you would not understand that would either maybe either have an effect on your nutrition or maybe also contribute to some of our health style diseases and all that. So we are engaging with them to either try and find a way of either coming with a brochure to explain some of the things like your uh, 
food content, like the ingredients, like when you're speaking of sodium and when you're speaking of um, your, your preservatives, when you're speaking of colorants and flavorants, how do we depict them in the label so that it becomes easier for even the grandmother that is managing her hypertension to be able to say that in my food regime, when I have to manage my salt intake, this is what I have to look for in the label. Uh, we will be working on that in this financial year. But then the other question that was raised on around the issue of um, cleanliness within our um, food uh, production or maybe our fast-moving um, um, goods outlets is that we have the, the, the power to inspect in terms of the environmental health that has been uh, devolved by the Department of Health to the municipalities on the ground. Your uh, municipality, within your area where you stay, if you go to the municipality, there will be an environmental health inspector that you can talk to and say to them, you know what, look at this institution and look at this and look at that. That is their responsibility to go down before we even licenses are issued to some of the shops. They, their responsibility is to ensure that those outlets, they comply in terms of cleanliness and environmental health and all that. But also during the licensing period, wherein as a consumer, if maybe you even buy bread and you find that even the bread that you buy in your parlor shop has molded or maybe even the, the, your maize meal normally will mold sometimes with water and all that. If you find such things within your uh, um, supplier, or they, they, they shop around you, please go to the environmental health officers. Their responsibility is to go there to uh, inspect and remove those goods out of the shelves. Or you can even communicate with us because what we have done is this year we are going to have a serious partnership between us and the Department of Health so that we go on and look at the rights of consumers and then the environmental, uh, environmentalists, they would then remove those products from the shelf. When the consumers complain, you know, what's, what's the success rate of their complaints being attended to and, uh, you know, a, a positive result then uh, come out, uh, coming out of, uh, of that complaint and the processes that you, you engage in? Um, Bongi, uh, what has happened is that here is that the National Consumer Commission, in terms of the manner in which it has been configured, doesn't deal with one-on-one complaints. What has happened is that we have the nine provincial officers, uh, the consumer affairs officers in the provinces, and then we have two accredited ombuds. Now, the ombuds in this um, place that will deal with your fast-moving goods or your um, food, it will be your consumer goods and services ombuds. That has been accredited by the Consumer Commission to deal with one-on-one complaints. What normally happens when a consumer has a complaint? The first port of call will be at the supplier level. We will encourage consumers that if you have a problem with either the meat that the milk that has expired or maybe whatever good that you have bought, then the first port of entry is to start where you have bought the, 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 the supply. And then from there, if maybe uh, the manager, who, whoever that's at that uh, point, is not willing to assist or maybe to make good in terms of giving you a recourse that you desire. If they have it's a value chain and it's a chain store, it will be better to go through the um, hierarchy of the, uh, that uh, chain until you reach your head office. But then if it happens that even within that process, or maybe if it's a one-person store, then you don't have recourse. The second line of defense, it will be going through to the ombuds, 
uh, office, which is your consumer goods and services ombud, they will be able to take your um, complaint and deal with it right there and dispose of it. But then even after that, if you are not happy, then you are free. They will actually say to you, we've tried our best. The supplier is not willing to either budget or that you've got the right skill to approach the commission. Even if you feel that maybe whatever recourse you wanted is falling from what you falling short of what you would desire, then you will come to us and then we'll deal with your complaint as a commission and investigate it further. Wendy, let's uh, bring you through now. Uh, you know, I was highlighting the issue of, uh, th- you know, since 2013, you were highlighting that uh, scandal that uh, broke there of, uh, you know, tampering with food labels and so on. And you're saying that if we were to check again, you'd be surprised that uh, if we found that everyone is 100% compliant. Why are you saying that? What are you seeing? No, it's just, it's just, I've been a consumer journalist for 17 years, and, um, and, and maybe I'm cynical, but, you know, everybody plays nice and, and keeps their noses clean when, when a scandal erupts. Um, but, you know, we're living, it's tough economic times, and the temptation for some operators within the chain, the less scrupulous ones, um, to cut corners, to mess with expiry dates, to mess with with, um, you know, instead of it being beef, we'll add a little bit of whatever's cheapest at the time and who's going to know kind of thing. Um, to do all those sorts of things that, um, you know, either rip us off or put us in harm's way uh, with our health, the temptation is going to be greater now and it is going to happen. And they, what they're doing is they're relying on a lack of, of, of testing um, and or enforcement, because as I said, the capacity isn't there. Um, I'm not saying there isn't the will, but there just simply isn't the capacity um, to protect all of us all the time. So, yeah, my main issue is is in to um, put the onus on the retailers and ask them what checks they are doing, what what standards they hold their suppliers to, and then stick with those retailers that you that you trust are are. are um, doing the checks themselves on, on our behalf as consumers. And do you find that, uh, you know, these processes, the checks and balances are done uh, diligently and uh, they, they are done properly? Or you find that, uh, you know, at times some of the shop owners, uh, retailers, uh, will look away and uh, they, they will then hope that, uh, you know, they are not, they, they don't get caught. If they do, they'll shift the blame to somebody else along the, the value chain. Uh, exactly what does happen, I'm afraid. I just wanted to get back to one issue you raised earlier before I was cut off, and that was if, if something you eat makes you sick, either in a restaurant or in a supermarket, mm. um, there is, uh, there are, there's recourse, obviously, um, but the problem is proving it, and I did a whole column on this once. Um, I'm going to try and say this as delicately as possible, but what you actually, what a consumer really needs to do in order to prove that they, they, the particular food caused them to become sick is to keep a sample of that food they claimed made them sick, either from a restaurant or, you know, what they bought from a shop. And then to also uh, to take that to a lab, along with whatever bodily fluid came out of them as a result of them being ill. And then the lab has to prove that the same pathogens are present in that bodily substance and in the food that allegedly caused the problem. And if there's a match, then you've got a case and you can claim compensation. But it's quite a, quite a, an arduous ask of a consumer who's feeling sick 
it's only then will you get compensation. And I know this from taking up cases with fast food uh, giants, etc. You can forget it if you don't if you don't have that lab proof, and obviously that costs money as well. Can we have a, a class case here? where, for instance, the 2013 case, you know, uh, where consumers can just uh, rebel against these shops and, 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 and sue them and say, you know, you misled us. Well, that's not a health issue. Then it becomes um, labeling fraud. Um, and I think that is, that is, well, the responsibility of the authorities then, and they, they did at the time... Um, you know, issue press releases and say they were going. You know they were they were joint meetings. The problem is, these food labelling and food food safety issues are governed by the Department of Trade and Industry, the Department of Health, and the Department of um, DEF and Agriculture and Forestry. So it's very diverse and splintered, and therein lies the problem to get a coordinated action um, to protect consumers. Um, on an ongoing, sustainable basis is is the challenge. And as far as I know, that hasn't been achieved yet. Maybe Tezi can speak a little bit more to that. Sakile in Dundee, good morning. Good morning, how are you? I'm fine, thank you. Go ahead. I'm good. Uh, my question is, uh, what if the, the customer uh, has a complaint and... Uh, the, the problem with, with the product was uh, the, the misrepresentation of the of the supplier, not the retailer. Like for example, if the if the supplier like bread, say uh, maybe put uh, old bread in in a, in a new plastic with a new date, what happens? Then? Okay, valid question, good question. Thank you very much, Sakile in Dundee. Mr. Mlambo in uh, Ferinachang. Hello, okay, hello, Bongi. Okay, uh, right, I just want to, uh, I mean, give an, an, an example. Yes. Hello? Yes, hi, yeah. we can hear you. Okay, there was an instance where I went to, bo- to buy a cold in Ferinachang. Sure. When I looked at the bottom of the cold this was expired. Then when I went outside, I tried to phone them, I mean, I, uh, 110 to ask for the consumer council. I got the number. When I got the number for the consumer council, they referred me to one another number. So what happened is the cost of reporting that issue and when I got the consumer council, it was not entertaining. So what happens in the community where it is difficult to get the consumer council and everybody else, like what they said, they said you go to the one shop, you go to the owner. The owner himself, he, they won't accept those things because those are the things, I mean, they want a profit. So now, in the long run, when it is difficult to get the consumer council, it's even difficult to get the inspectors to come and check them. Hmm. That's when you find now the community, when the community believes that, okay, right, I think this vendor is giving us something which is not okay. Then, because now they've tried all avenues, I mean, the community may end up doing something which is not acceptable. Let them, these people, be stationed not only in Johannesburg or only in Devon, be accessible so that they are well known if somebody wants to report, somebody does not have to expect, to, to, I mean, to, 
to use more money than the item which he has bought. Let's say a good thing is 10 rand. Okay. If I have used more than 10 rand to report and I'm using 20 rand and 30 rand, it seems useless. Now, okay. what happens is the people, they end up spreading the word to say, okay, right, that shop is selling something which is wrong, we which is wrong, you. and everybody knows. All right, Mr. Mlambo, thank you very much. Desmond Emanzimdoti. Yes, sir. And your panelists, uh, really, are going to get sick, Bongi. We're going to get sick. If we are not uh, sick uh, already. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened? I bought uh, some beverage, these hot beverages that you make hot, um, about two weeks ago. Then uh, w- when they made it for me, I felt I, the smell, I don't like the smell. Then the taste also was not good. So what should I do with this beverage now? Okay, maybe losing 20 rand is not uh, not much. But what should I do with it? Should I throw it away? Or should it get tested? What should I do? Thank you very much, Mfan. Uh, thank you very much, sir. Uh, Desmond uh, Emanzimtoti. Okay, let let me just read a couple of SMSs before I come to you, Sister uh, Zimabuza, to to respond because I guess most of these questions are directed at you. Uh, try by all means to make your own food, like a bake on your own, so that you can be sure what's in there. Well. The ingredients are problematic for me. Those persons who tamper with food label and uh, expiry date should be charged for food poisoning in terms of the Consumer Protection Act. That's uh, Advocate Shandu Ugoda in East London. Uh, and uh, this one says, I don't eat pork, but uh, I struggle to tell whether a sausage or means from uh, uh, mince meat from a uh, spa, pick and pay, checkers, or any other supermarket has pork content because they are badly labeled, says the Pio in KZN. Those persons who temper, I think we've read this one, I bought a chicken from a spa, Colchester, in the Eastern Cape. They covered up the expiry date by covering up the supplier's label with a new label and date. That's Marianne in uh, Durban. Those retailers must be pub punished so, so how can they do that to uh, their customers that's a genie uh, in Bloemfontein. what happened to the south african bureau of standards uh, is this not part of their job to ensure correct packaging info that's an eliswa simuko tendane all right uh tezi let's come back to you you want to try and answer some of the questions yeah yeah the first question that was raised by um, Sakine in terms of the packaging of the bread and all that, that example that he gave. Yes. The owners, when something goes bad, it, it actually starts from the supplier, the manufacturer, or maybe the baker in this instance, and also the retailer. They are all, the entire value chain, they are responsible. So it's not only the person that bakes the bread or that packages the bread. And then on the other question that was raised by Ubavun Lambo in terms of the issue of access to uh, either your consumer councils and all that, that is an area that we are aware of. We are falling short. And hence, um, as a consumer commission, that's why we have all these other ADRs that we are putting in place so that they should be accessed readily available to the people on the ground. But really, we have spoken to provinces. We are aware of the challenges. And then we, we are trying our best at this time in terms of considering ourselves so that we have one number where in consumers will call and all that. But it's something that will be unfolding in the course of the year so that we make uh, filing of complaints as easy and as cheap as possible. We are looking into this. 
Oh, great other, stuff. Yeah, the other question that was raised by Desmond on the hot beverage that he bought and ordered. And then that also goes on to what actually Uwen spoke about around the issue of now if you want to claim for um, damages and all that, taking samples and getting that tested and all that. But some of the other things that we see wherein we have to go through the court in terms of claiming for damages, it's really very, very expensive going to the left and all that. As we know that we even don't have enough left for government to test some of the samples ourselves. That is actually some of the errors that we are looking to. We had a meeting, as I said, maybe even um, it was uh, last week, with the Department of Health to look at a better way of how to quickly test the food and all the test samples and all that. And also on the other issue that um, when we spoke to around, uh, you also asked about the class case when the uh, meat scandal issue came in in, in mm. 2013. 13, that about that, here. Yeah. In that area, what we are looking at for this year is that we are setting up as the three departments ourselves, from the Department of Trade and Industry as a commission, and then the Department of Health will be bringing in DAF. And we also, I think it's also what our politicians would like to do, is a coherent approach in dealing with the issue of food labeling because it touches from, it touches the Department of Health, but then it also touches the Department of Agriculture where in the food production people are talking around the issues of antibiotics in our meats and all that is the Department of um, Agriculture that's responsible for that. We will be coming in together this year to come up with things and also what uh, you have spoken to with the final code as well to go back and test and see if maybe around the issue of meat are our suppliers complying and all that we will be doing this in this financial year. We will be held accountable for doing that as well. Wendy? Yes, I, I wanted to go back to, to, to the, um, the crux of, of consumer protection, and that is that people, the one caller, I'm sorry, I, didn't, I don't recall his name, but he was saying that he bought something, it was a cool drink, and there was something dodgy about it, yes. and he tried to phone. And I mean, it's the people often who live in the rural areas um, who don't have a lot of money as well and who need the most protection and who feel powerless to access it because they've got prepaid cell phones and the air camp can run out, you know, just holding on, um, assuming they've got the right number in the first place. So my appeal to the authorities is when they do establish um, a single number, that that number should um, be told free or with very... I know that that's open to abuse, but it should be... Um, it should not be a premium number um, because if, if people don't have the means to access help, um, and to claim their rights in terms of all these various pieces of legislation, the labelling and the CPA, etc., then it's all just a waste of time. But uh, importantly, Wendy, is what happens on the other side of the phone. I mean, uh, the, the Bokhose, I think it was, uh, who, who raised the issue that, uh, you know, eventually he got through and he spoke to somebody who didn't really know too much about it and referred him to another person, and eventually he, he gave up. That That's the problem that we come across, uh, you yeah. know, at, at these centers. But in that case, it's a case of, you know, lack of education, who to phone. I mean, if it was a, if he felt that the product was substandard or, or a health risk, the health inspectors at the local municipality are really the ones that they are mandated to do an inspection and actually follow up on a cl- complaint like that. So that's where the call probably should have gone. But now to find the number and find the person and how much airtime is that going to cost, 
you know, and the other thing is that the Consumer Commission is not really um, taking up the day-to-day complaints. They're more interested in the big sort of macro consumer protection issues. So an alternative dispute resolution organization called the Ombudsman for Consumer Goods and Services, they are now um, mandated to um, deal with those complaints, to adjudicate um, and to liaise with the companies and and the consumers in an impartial way and to come to some sort of um, uh, decision on what should have happened. So... But but again, um, there are numbers on the internet, but a lot of people are just not aware that 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 recourse and it's a free service that that is available to them, and it can all be done online, which is not very costly, but it does require the person to have access to the internet. And uh, uh, Ms. Mabuza here is talking about uh, the three departments, uh, the DTI, Health and Agriculture, coming together and coming up with a coherent uh, mm. approach and strategy. Uh, but where where should it start? You know, I'm, I'm glad that she highlighted the, the Department of Agriculture because, uh, uh, you know, often we, we don't know what, 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 what's in there from the primary level. Uh, of this value chain, for instance, you told that uh, this is uh, pure, but uh, but you find that uh, it's a, it's actually a g- a genetically modified. Uh, there are genetically modified elements there. So to to police then this whole process, where should it start, uh, Wendy? According to uh, your 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 experience. Well, I think the example of, of other countries is that there needs to be a dedicated food standards authority, whatever you want to call it, food safety, food, you know, that harnesses. Um, that brings together these three the departments that, that that acts independently with you know feeding in with information from the three departments because as long as as long as um, food laws and food safety is spread among these three departments, you can imagine there's not going to be any real um, progress. Um, if there was one department overseeing it and one contact. Um, number, email, website, whatever. It would make things a lot easier for consumers. But I've been I've been a consumer journalist for 17 years, and for all those 17 years, there's been talk of the need for that to happen. And as far as I'm aware, it, it has not happened yet. So um, I thought that there was a good shot after the that scandal of 2013, but um, yeah, not yet. But but also. Talking about the imports, I mean, we're talking about uh, chicken from the U.S., uh, yes. you know, the whole all near collapse of the AGOA or participation of South Africa in the AGOA really was, uh, was, was the, the, precisely that, that uh, we don't necessarily uh, trust the chicken that uh, comes from the, from the U.K. So, so the Food Standard Authority, therefore, will, will help us also deal with that. Yes, and much more even, sort of, even more basic than that is there's a requirement that if... if um, foodstuffs have been previously frozen, which is the case of a lot of imported meat, poultry in particular. If it's been... Okay. That line again is uh, misbehaving. Uh, but uh, let's go to a couple of SMSs here. Some of these shops, uh, you will find even food eaten by rats on shelves, which I think is health hazards, not signed. Why is not uh, made compulsory to show the grades on meat also uh, not signed? But stay in Natal says, uh, my take in Pepeta here is uh, these, uh, are these 100% juices really safe? I heard a dietitian saying they contain a lot of sugar. Are they no longer pure? 
uh, us stay in uh, KwaZulu-Natal. Just uh, looking at uh, the uh, some of the tweets here coming from Menzi, uh, who says all these institutions, shops, need to be named and shamed for unethical act. And uh, as we scroll down, we go to Emmanuel Chuene, who says, uh, shocking that uh, retailers put profit before health. And uh, Gavin came again, says, is this uh, why farmers markets with homemade food are making such a comeback? And uh, Walter Louis Ryan says, our refined food processors are doing the same as well. All right, uh, Wendy, you are back. You wanted to finish that point. We lost you towards the end of it. I'm so sorry. Maybe I've got a case against <laughs> Telcom or Vodacom or whatever. I just wanted to say that they should put a sticker on those defrosted, previously frozen um, foodstuffs to say previously frozen so that people don't then assume that they are fresh and freeze them again, which has health implications. But many of them don't do it. So it's as simple as that. Getting those sort of basic things right to protect consumers, we have a very long way to go. And, uh, uh, Tezi, uh, this uh, coherent approach then that you're talking about, when is it going to start? When are we going to see the three departments coming together and really uh, legislating, uh, you know, as it were? And and also, when you're talking about uh, a food standard or safety authority there, can we see it being uh, set up uh, quickly? All right, I think we've lost... uh, Tezimabuza there. In fact, we've lost both of them. Okay, there you go. That does it for today's edition then of uh, the Forum at 8 because uh, we've run out of time. I was going to ask them to wrap, but uh, let's read one or two uh, other uh, SMSs here. As I scroll down, let's see what we have. Uh, This one says, okay, uh, why is it not made compulsory to show the grades on uh, meat? It's an unsigned SMS uh, that uh, others are still talking about uh, the issues that we discussed uh, earlier on. We were asking the question, really, what are, are we doing to protect our food from uh, fraud? And uh, thank you very much uh, for participating uh, today. Let me just give you a, a timeline here. I had a timeline. Local issues here in 2014. 14 South African bakeries uh, to remove a controversial ADA additive from its bread chemical. And then 2014, again, two major South African food suppliers are in the midst of another price-fixing scandal, this time around margarine and oil products. And then 2013, major supermarkets exposed in meat label scandal. You remember that uh, story. 2013, again, bread price-fixing scandal goes to constitutional court. Uh, 2013, South African consumers uh, face food labeling scare. And uh, 2010, uh, frozen chicken horror. You remember that. And uh, Nestle Nestle, uh, recalls a baby formula in 2008. Again, bread price fixing in 2007. You remember that particular story as well. Well, today, if you are born today, happy birthday. But happy birthday also to the Minister of Finance, Praveen Gordon. Uh, He was born today and uh, the President of the Republic also was born today. And that does it for this uh, Tuesday's edition of uh, the Forum at 8 and AM Live. We shall return again on Wednesday. Goodbye.